Welcome. This is the second season of the Wine Draw podcast. This season, we hope to bring to you many interesting stories, great wines to sip, and good conversation. So get your glass, get your particular type of wine, your little treats, and sit back and listen. Hey now. <laughs> Welcome to the Wine Drop Podcast. Yeah. Um, we have a lot to talk about and things to celebrate this time. Do we ever? Yes. Um, everybody is in end of the year positive mode. We're coming out of the pandemic with positive thoughts. Doing our best. Okay. <laughs> you think we're coming out of it. I mean, hey, that's positive. So. Oh, okay. So everybody's been into something, and I like to tell everybody else's successes, and I live low-key. But um, I do. If you guys want to celebrate, we can absolutely no, we don't add want that onto the no. list. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But, so we're going to do ladies first, and Taylor's going to tell us what we're celebrating for her. <laughs> for her. And then we'll move to Master K, and everybody has something good going on. Okay, Taylor, what's going on with you? So, uh, I have now officially competed um, in a USPA powerlifting competition as of November 20th, 2021. Um, It was my first one, and I hit some numbers in depth that I have not hit before, so that is very good. Could you share um, those numbers with us? Uh, squat, best one was 303 pounds. Ooh, say that. With depth. Um, bench, was, bench press was 143 pounds. And then deadlift was 343. Um, was so close at 369. I, it was halfway up my, it was like to almost to my waist. And I don't know what happened. That's why I blacked out. But 343 is the highest that I have. Deadlifted in, in as of then, mm-hmm. so there is that. And then three days later, I turned around and took my licensure exam for my LMSW and passed that. So I just received my li- official license number last Monday night at like 10 30, 11 o'clock. Um, like Melatonin had already kicked in, and I was like, I got to send this message to my family, so, um, yes, so I can relax this month, and then I was already told by my coach, congratulations, and then we got to get back to it, so. Right, so, right back so to So, Taylor, it. what are you going to do with these things? How are you going to um, spread your wings now? I don't know yet. Um, actually, things are, people are already, I've had somebody reach out to me already. Uh, about a possible job change. Mm-hmm. Um, my job don't know that yet, so if they happen to hear this, <laughs> here we are. Um, I have a couple ideas, but I haven't fleshed them fully out to combine the two things. Okay. Um, so that's a it's a thought in my head that hopefully will be an annual thing. Oh. I have that would include a couple different people um, to participate and to, to also be able to showcase their craft. So. Something's gonna, it's gonna come out. I don't know. Exactly so are you thinking about going to private practice with your? So with an LM, you can't go to private practice. Um, but the goal is now to work towards an LC, which the licensed mm-hmm. clinical master social worker. So, I'm take a deep breath 
and uh, get ready to be sitting with individual folks. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's awesome, and I think um, finally people are opening their minds and their brains to understand that female bodybuilding is more about strength. It's about beauty. I mean, there's history there of females and the definition of their bodies that goes all the way back to the motherland. If you even look at the sculptures and stuff, the, the females, they're shapely and they're not weak. And it's a beautiful thing. I, I know you, t you, you were saying before that people always say, oh, now she can fight me. Now, people with the strength don't need to say much. <laughs> and, and that's what you said. If I'm mad at you, I don't need to say much. I'm not going to say anything because I'm not going to fight you. Right, like, that's what I'm saying. I just want to put that out there. Right. Like, I don't have to be like, oh, she's going to fight me now. Right, I don't got time for you. I got, I, wait, I got ways to live right. and to study. <laughs> I would don't prefer not for you to talk to me. That would Bingo. be ideal. That's <laughs> really beautiful. Pretend that's this conversation awesome. didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Well, we're waiting till next year to find out what's being laid on top. Yeah. Master K. <laughs> I am so proud of you, too. I don't know what Thank to you. say. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I was... Well, you got to ask, so I'm not just toot my own horn. No, I, toot your own horn. <laughs> okay, let's go there. I was blessed and highly favored and entered... To, I was nominated in the Connecticut Restaurant Association Crazy Awards to win Bartender of the Year, and I was blessed enough to win. Woo! Um, <laughs> There's a guy named Dame Drop. Shout out to Dame. He does food reviews. Mm, I love his show. So he was there, and he, I literally, That's I didn't so know it was him. He said, finally, somebody black, which meant even more. <laughs> um, if you haven't watched his show on Netflix, it's actually pretty comical. And there's a clip of him. He went to a restaurant in Hartford. I'm mm -hmm. not going to shout them out because he didn't really care much for they fried fish. I'm going to just put it out there. That's hilarious. Fresh, fried, and crispy Dame Drops is a food critic and a conscious food critic and actually took the time to dialogue with me and we're talking that's about maybe doing something in the future. That's and, dope. Um, that's dope. It feels very good and now the real work starts and my hope is I can mentor other bartenders of color, other female bartenders, because the event still trended all one way. Um, a female um, on the LGBTQ spectrum won chef of the year and she said it's not a man's world anymore, and which uh -huh. felt awesome to hear. That's dope. So just mentorship and these brands that I've made millions of dollars for asking for something back and spreading it around. So. I would just like to say, when you say that about the, the, the chef that won, this whole, I don't know if y'all have seen the debate about buying uh, little boys play kitchens for their, I ain't got mm. no, ch no children at all. Mm. But let me tell you what I won't ever do. If my nephew asks me for a play kitchen, I will get you the top of the line. Mm -hmm. But the, the ironic part is, like, most chefs that we think of in our mind are men. Yes. But most cooks, the expectation is that you go home and the woman is still cooking. So this idea that, like, somehow wow. you jump from don't ever pick up nothing in the kitchen uh -huh. to you should be better than everybody who's And making the money in the kitchen. Wow. But if your child, if your son wants to play kitchen, buy him a play kitchen. My grandmother started teaching me to cook at nine years old, and I'm proud of it. And... Uh, Mutual friend of ours, Catrice Claudio, the brutally honest cook, we were talking. She, I said, you know, what have you done in the business? She said, no, I'm not in the business, but I've been cooking since I was nine. And when I started meeting people in the business, I found out a lot of them had more attitude than talent. And it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's the very similar to what you said about people who have friends. If you just, you know you can do it, you everybody else talks about what you can do. You're yeah. just kind of like, yeah, sure. I mean, and that's not to say you have to be humble. I don't expect you to. I know the folks that, like, can throw down. Uh-huh. 
every, they don't necessarily have to tell me. Everybody else is like, yo, have you had someone so this right. and that? Right, right. It sells itself. But, so congrats to, to the women. So what's the difference between a chef and a cook? A cook is someone who works in a kitchen under recipes that are given to them. A chef is a professional with either training or tenure who is in a supervisory position that writes recipes, supervises the staff of employees, and is also responsible for the safety in the kitchen. That's um, not the answer I give, but that's a good one. They may be classically trained um, or they may be tenured. So they are the one in the kitchen um, with a title that is quote unquote in charge. There's a lot of places that had that, there's a lot of people that call themselves one that aren't just because you're at the top in a kitchen where there's nothing kind of, if you're pulling things out of cans and then putting them into bags and then putting them into pans and ovens, my chef friends would say that is not a chef. But if you are busting down sides of veal and sides of ribeye and shaving it and taking the shavings and putting that into seafood stock and filleting the fish and then taking that fish and making a new marinade for it and taking that marinade and making a new sauce for it, they would consider you a chef. There's the classical training, so you could come out of Culinary Institute of America and be mediocre and be called a chef. You could have also worked your way up in a kitchen for 15 years and learned from seven, seven um, of the best people and still be a cook. Mm -hmm. So, so like, Just because you got yeah. a chef code don't mean that you decided yes. My father used to always say, and I won't ever forget this. I tell people all the time. No matter, well, you could have graduated at the last in your class mm -hmm. in med school. You still got doctor. Right. You could be the worst one in your class, <laughs> and if you pass, but if your grades are enough, you pass. You're still doctor so and so. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just because you have a, a title, and I was talking about this one of my coworkers earlier, titles don't necessarily mean very much. Yes, the truth. And just like in education, I'm finding out in order for me to, I mean, I had certification as a teacher, sure. but didn't find that it was doing anything for me. So when I got out of the school system, I didn't go back and. Um, get my certification, mm -hmm. but I would teacher's college, right. okay, and, I mean, um, you can, you're still an educator, very much, so. right. what, what, what we do here is still is education. So, it, you know, it becomes how people perceive, how people perceive, what it is, um, there are some people who would say, well, Renee, you're, I want you to teach my children, um, because I like the way you handle, I like the way you come across, but if I don't have those letters or that credential, then it's like, mm, I don't know, we don't want you, and my child is not going to get the best, but it's not always book knowledge and, right. and stuff like that. So I can see where that comes in in a lot of different areas. Oh, yeah. Areas. It's literally how, what I now apply to everything in my life. Oh, that's your title? Okay. Right. I see what you're doing. Right. And, but they, they don't look, just like with this job that I'm applying for, they want to see the credentials and not the experience. Which is very interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, so, you know, there's, everybody has their own way of, of viewing things. Okay, so once again, congratulations to both of you. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Thank you so much. And what are we celebrating with? We are celebrating with a sparkling Prosecco. Um, the reason I brought this in is because I like this particular um, 
what am I going to call them, um, branding of something, because they are not from a particular region. Sure. They make wine from a lot of different regions and bottle it that way. Mm -hmm. So like this one. Is now is that pronounced Tusak Jumper? Tusak Jumper? I don't know. I believe, so it's an American brand, I believe. So, I don't know. It's we, we'll have to reach out. Yeah. Reach out on Instagram and find out how to But this, it. they um, took the grapes from Italy, mm -hmm. Italia, and they made this Prosecco out of the grapes from there. Sure. I have tried the whole line. They have a Pinot Noir from France. They have a... Um, uh, something else that I just got through drinking that was pretty good, a Shiraz, uh, from Australia, I think it was. Okay, nice. So, I just think, I like how they trot around the globe and yes. pick grapes and um, make wine from grapes from different regions, so. Um, Layer Cake is another label that I really like that was doing that about 10 years ago. Um, They'd have a Chardonnay, uh, Chardonnay from Chile, a Sauvignon Blanc from Chile, excuse me. They have a Shiraz from Australia. And I find some of those labels, some of the grapes could be from world famous vineyards, you know? Mm -hmm. They buy them under their label. You don't have to pay for that name vineyard's kind of price or that increase. Um, there's also labels like that. It's almost they like go Marshall shopping. If you know the best area in Burgundy usually sells 25 hectares of grapes and they grew 29, well, those other four go to someone else. Mm -hmm. So you may be drinking something that's overachieving, which is awesome. You know, we're always looking for those kind of little behind the label values. Mm -hmm. And I like the way they label and they give a lot of useful information, they which do. I really like. They tell you where it comes from, and, and a lot of bottles they tell you. Um, temperature, food, um, climate that they're picking their grapes from. Very, very I think nice. it's really a nice, informative label. Nice. Okay. Just like jungle. Um, good stuff here. I'm not um, really, they use animals <laughs> mm -hmm. in all their labels. So this one happens to be a, a fox, Foxy Prosecco. Um, so yeah. Um, so I like this. I think it's good. It has some depth to the flavor. I like it. Yeah. I like Prosecco. You do? Okay. It's not really sweet. It doesn't have a lot of bubbly to it. So I no, can do that. No, it doesn't make me burp. I, I, <laughs> I was, <laughs> we celebrated a good one. We went one of my girlfriends with not, uh, it was with a bottle of Prosecco, but not this particular brand. And who both of us were like the bubbles. Mid conversation, burping. And like, right. we know this is going to happen. And it surprises each time. It was like, who these bubbles are hard. Some sparkling wines have two different de um, designations. A late, uh, one I brought before, mm -hmm. it was, um, a black, one will be Blanquet, one will be Cremant. The Blanquet, they say it kind of blankets and covers the tongue with um, just with the bubbles. You feel them kind of just electrify the Cremant, a little less bubbly. Italy frizzante um, means it's got a lighter sparkle to it. Um, this seems like it has that lighter sparkle. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like. It doesn't. The, 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 <laughs> the bubbles don't feel as harsh as like a McDonald's Sprite. That's, that's a fact. Okay. It's a lot less like. Whoa. Oh. 
very good though. And so you were talking about this, and mm -hmm. um, I was, we were talking about, or you were telling us about how to preserve, how to keep um, sparkling. Correct. Um, so what should we do? I think everyone needs to have in their home a champagne stopper, and they go all the way for under ten dollars. How much was this one? Uh, I don't know. I picked it up on sale someplace. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've seen them all the way sale. up to thirty or forty. I think this basic kind here, unless the wheel has been reinvented with something, this right here is the standard issue that I've always used in restaurants and. I believe you're going to get between 12 and 18 hours of freshness out of the bottle where it'd be about four to six without it. Um, in my experience, if you, if I got off work at three in the morning and was back there at 11 a.m. and there was nothing on top of it, it would um, it, it'd be worthless. Like okay. throw it out. If it just has a cork in it, you'll get some, but you can just tell it's lost something. This like right, correct, correct, and when it gets flat, it gets cloying, the sweetness comes out a little too much, there's no, I can't lie, in the, trust been, in the past I've been like, alright, well let's put it in some sangria, it didn't work. It, there's just, yeah, yeah, it's almost like melted ice cream, okay. you know what I mean, melted okay. ice cream will never go back kind of to its regular form. <laughs> no, you're right. Okay. So, do you um, cork it? with this and then put it in the refrigerator to keep it or absolutely it has for to sure okay um the colder the better for the co2 for sure okay i was actually doing some experiments with be very careful at home folks <laughs> dry ice oh, dry no. ice releases co2 um i we actually made some sparkling eggnog um, oh. yeah it was interesting it was interesting I don't know what that would do to wine to bring it back to life, but I'm going to write that down as a note to find out for you next time. What would happen if you kind of tried to reintroduce carbonation to Prosecco? Prosecco is not carbonated naturally in the bottle like champagne is. Okay. It's added, which... Is that a sign of low quality? No. To me, it's a sign of good winemaking, the fact that this has a really nice, pleasant level of carbonation. Can you put dry ice in Prosecco? All right, that's and, that's, and, and that's what I find, you know, champagne, I, I'm not always a big fan of, only because of two things. It's too harsh, okay, for lack sure. of a better word. Sure. It's too harsh. And too many bubbles for the most part. You know, I don't find it. And people look for it. And it's refreshing. Yeah, and it, and it's expensive. You know, um, and that is champagne it, label. Right, is it's that the label and the fact that it's from champagne? From champagne, and the grapes are going to come from a specific number of, of vineyards. There's um, the crew, and then Grant ground crew. I think there's 13 ground crew. I'm gonna have to brush up on that, but it's always going to be more. I love champagne. There are some labels, like oh, there's, I'm not, I, I can't talk about no brands bad now, I gotta get this bag. Um, <laughs> there's a really, 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 really popular one that you'll see at a lot of celebrations that they're, it's a colored label that's close to orange. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. I'd okay. rather I was get like, two. Is that it? In my mind. I'm glad we got there. I'd get two or three bottles of Prosecco or Cava okay. and save. Now, um, labels like 
Piper Hydesick, Moet. Moet is awesome. I did a tasting of Moet, and we had everything from oysters to a ribeye, and mm. it was a champagne to pair. Um, I feel like champagne is the ultimate pairing wine. If it is harsh, I would suggest maybe have it with some food. I've, that's kind of changed my profile on wines when I've had them with some food and then kind of revisited them. But they can be intense and big and huge and then they're biscuity and sometimes funky on the nose. Anything that's funky or spontaneous fermentation I've liked. This is beautiful, it's elegant, it's nice and light. Um, it'll pair nicely with foods, be perfect for brunch. It would be, yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. So, why do they use sparkling um, or champagne or prosecco under the title of celebratory drinks? Why? Why? What? How did that come about? Do you know? The history of champagne for celebrations. That you know what? Let's hit up Google because I don't know. And when you were talking about celebration drinks, when it comes to cocktails. Um, it's usually specific to the holiday, like if it's Cinco de Mayo, you have margaritas. If it's St. Patrick's Day, you have Irish coffee or green beer, please don't have green beer, or Jameson or Bailey's or all of the above, like I did one year. It was not a good idea. <laughs> you Do you remember the year? <laughs> right, yeah, not much. Celebratory. And so, but you seem, when people are going to have a a celebration, they bring a bottle of mm -hmm. sparkly or champagne. Is that because of the bubbles kind of? The tradition of drinking champagne to mark celebrations originated in the royal courts of Europe prior to 1789 where the expensive drink was viewed as a status symbol. We talked about that with um, Bordeaux wine before because of the tariffs, because of all these, you know, feudal Europe. If I'm English and I've got wine from France when they're taxing me on it, well, I must be the man. Champagne does this symbolically, but also visually, since it overflows in abundance and joy. Now, celebrations, right? Mm -hmm. So typically, you do something sparkling, and what people would assume to be a more positive celebration. But people will, like celebrate life. Sure. People will call not necessarily a funeral, but more like the, the repast or things. The celebration of life, and people aren't busting out bottles. Correct. Of prosecco and champagne. Right. You, I mean, I've seen. Either no alcohol or like beer or something heavier that like a like a dark liquor. What I've found is bourbon at this time of year. You love bourbon? Love. All right, we got to talk. I find this time of year the males in the family will go off right, and they'll usually have bourbon and they do some almost remembrance for that that patriarch that has gone on or that isn't there. I find, and I stand by in, um, if you go to the cemetery on Mother's Day, mm -hmm. um, there's a party, and it's a lot of black men. It, I, I, I had no idea about it. Um, I, I'm not going yet because I'm not in that club. You know, it's, an it's, it's a club that you have to earn membership to, right. truly. Mm -hmm. But they celebrate, and cognac is a celebratory drink with us, which goes back to the Vietnam War. Um, mm -hmm. There was lots and lots of cognac there, and it became, in the late 60s, um, big for us. But um, bur I'd say bourbon and cognac are how our remembrance beverages. What I wonder is what they do. Yeah, bourbon and cognac. Well, that's what, what well, my father passed. Mm -hmm. yes. My parents were big 
Wild Turkey 101 drinkers. Really? Yeah. Okay. And I remember the nips <laughs> at, the, at the service. And my father walked by it and said, you used to drink this? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I guess so. He was like, I don't know. Picked one up and was like, okay. My grandfather's four roses. It's <laughs> like every guy kind of had, had, had his. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was what I put yeah. that out, you know, those little bottles of wild turkey and pound cake was his other thing. So. And an insurance. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. Just everything. Smart. Sweet. Low protein. Harsh. <laughs> So we used to. So I, I can see where there's different things for. And I guess you know, the heartier the drink, it's more manly in structure. But give me a good bourbon. I tell you, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I just remember from about my 22nd birthday up until now, I have been told by multiple people, you drink like a grown man. <laughs> I love that. And the first time I was told that was because I opened a bottle of tequila and drank out of it. I was like, oh, I'm thirsty. And someone looked at me and said, are you a Dominican man? What are you doing? And as I yeah. switched from uh, tequila mm-hmm. to bourbon and cognac, people are like, okay, this is too harsh. Mm-mm. What man are you competing with? That's I would say you, and this has been proven here, you just tend towards kind of truth and flavor. I just like what I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's heat there. What I find with alcohol, the experience of being able to get past that heat, because the more proof, truly, the more flavor, the fatter it is, the richer it is. You get like that one-on-one, it's almost creamy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we do have to, we have an obligation to say that this construct that you're supposed to drink something frilly and yeah, pink and dainty is annoying. Because if you think about the young lady that does that, they're usually annoying. I've never seen. Okay, wait. I, I've never you seen said a young that. Lady, I didn't. I'll say it because I've never seen a lady drink straight booze, straight bourbon, or straight cognac, and yeah, over consume. Yeah, I've never seen them do it and over and overindulge or oh, over consume. Yeah, well, the one drinking pink and frilly is the stereotype of the. Oh my God, I had too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me is more of a. I guess stereotype, if you will, the the woman who doesn't think they should drink this or that, darling, drink what you want. Uh-huh. Um, oh, 1,000%. And so, a tip on that is that um, yes, Wild Turkey One Hundred One is a little pricey, mm-hmm. you know, but I cook with it, and nice. it goes well with greens. You know, it, you did tell me that. It, it mellows out that bitterness or that harshness of. Gives it a the liquor mellows the pot liquor. Yeah, it gives yeah. it that That's smooth. insane. I'll have to make a pot and bring it. Down. That is insane. I just want to revisit your first air question earlier. Mm-hmm. What makes, what's the difference between cooking a chef, which you just did, a cook would not necessarily Sure. Mm-hmm. They may want to, but they won't because be allowed to. Because yeah. the, the recipe does not call for. Um, yes. I get the basics from the recipe, but I add in what would right. heighten the flavor or the dish. Um, that's why I cook with wine. Sure. You know, because I find that. I cook with wine too. Sometimes I put grapes, it in the food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where y'all are going, but if the bottle's open. Well, my grandmother, I would say, how much to put in? Some. A little. A lot. <laughs> how know. much to put in? Some. And eventually you just had to learn. There's you know? a, I don't know if y'all have seen any of the, like, the social media posts that are like, what's y'all favorite African American unit of measurement? A little bit. A little bit. A pinch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somebody said a teens. I what love is that. A teens. Uh-huh. What is that? And I said, yeah, well, because you're supposed to just know what this stuff means. <laughs> like, well, just put a little bit of this. Well, ex- 
exactly how much. I don't know. And recipes are yeah. start are not putting in measurements too often now because sure. I like to they buy. They should be used as guides. Yes, it's a guide, so it doesn't say a quarter of a teaspoon of this or a cup of this. It just says the ingredients, and you go for yourself right. and what no. you would like. If you, if there's you the measure. There's the measure. The numbers. Some people do. <laughs> well, there's the amount you're never supposed to leave in the bottle. A swallow. Or a corner. Don't put it back with a swallow no, just left in right. there. You had to put the juice bottle back in that fridge. Mm -hmm. And all you had to do was poop. Right. That was right. it. Corner. And they usually, and men usually do that. And they yes. do that because they don't want to take the last right. or something. Well, I left you some. No, you didn't. Yeah. yeah. I've been told in my household, if you leave the box to something, we're going to have problems. <laughs> One portion. Or just finish it and tell me. Yeah, or put the put it on the grocery list so yep. I know what to get. But see, when you leave some in, you don't think you have to do anything Correct. like that. But while Correct. Away. I live by myself and get mad <laughs> if I don't have. If I look, I'm like, now why are we? I've been mad at myself. Yes, that's a fact. <laughs> why did this happen? That, that is last full. Why did that? That is so weird. <laughs> I've been mad at myself. Like, why did I do this? I would have bought more. I'm like, dang, it was in here. I should have just. Well, I go back to the store. We have put in our time for this chapter. Mm -hmm. We talked about a little bit what we came to talk about. Yeah, we did. Um, well, we have some points to go study from. Yeah, right. So, very quickly, I'm going to study a little more about celebratory beverages, how they became, and find out a little more about this two-step jumper label. And if you kind of follow Instagram, you will get some of the answers to this because our guide here will kind of post some of them on our Instagram. Yep. Yes, We've been doing a cool thing where Taylor and Renee will ask questions and kind of come up with cool ideas. I'll do a little bit of research and see what we come up with together. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for coming. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And um, next time you go out, when you get your sparkling or your champagne, think of mm -hmm. us and come okay. back. Mm -hmm. All right. Have a good one, y'all. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time for the Wine Draws podcast. The Wine Draw is produced and distributed by Paradox Studio. My production engineer is Kaz McDougall. And they can be reached at paradoxvision.com. And happy sipping.